From the studios of Teeing It Up in Charleston, South Carolina, in the Swamp of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up, presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 9 of the National Football League season. I'm Jeremy Schilling, Luke Morrow's here. Hi, Luke. Hey, good morning. It's hard to believe we're in the second half of the season, but I'm glad we made it here. You know, it's the dawning of a new day in America. It's the dawning of a new era in America. And what that new era is and what the dawn of a new day is, is I'm not even going to try to make a golf metaphor in the open. I'm just going to go straight to football. Wow. I know. Shocking, isn't it? Very much so. Let's go to last night for a second because you get a Notre Dame team that upsets Clemson on the road. They do not have Trevor Lawrence. I think we knew that Notre Dame would be improved. We know how special of a talent Trevor Lawrence is. As somebody who has to watch this team week after week after week as part of your job, hosting the Morrow Midday Show, uh, Wednesdays, new, sorry, weekdays, 12 to 3 Eastern, on ESPN Radio 98.9 FM, Charleston, charlestonsportsradio.com. My, my weekly golf spots every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, got that out there, Luke. Um, how big of a difference is it between Trevor and everybody else, and what impact do you think this will have ultimately on their playoff position? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, because when you look at this Clemson team the last two weeks, they've played two, you know, really tight games. Uh, they had to come back to beat BC. They obviously lost last night against Notre Dame, the two games without Trevor Lawrence. And when you look at the two games, you know, the quarterback position really hasn't been a concern. DJ has played excellent. Um, there's been some, some greater concerns, but the question almost becomes, you know, has Trevor Lawrence kind of hidden those things? It's like when you take out... Aaron Rodgers, uh, or even if Russell Wilson were to miss time, and you realize how important they are, and when they're missing, it's like, oh yeah, you know what, the defense isn't very good, or they can't run the football very well. Uh, that's just because of the quarterback. And it was similar here. I mean, last night, Clemson averaged one yard per carry, despite having Heisman running back, uh, you know, Heisman candidate Travis Etienne in the backfield. So the defense hasn't played well. Uh, the offensive line hasn't looked as good. The run game hasn't been very good the last two weeks. And I wonder how much of that is truly just Clemson and should be concerns, or it's just a matter of, well, when Trevor Lawrence is out there as good as DJ is, Lawrence is even better, and he's able to cover up some of those things that you know maybe we otherwise wouldn't notice. In terms of the long, the, the big picture here, I think Clemson's fine. They should play Notre Dame in the ACC title game. And if you win that game, if you're Clemson, uh, which I would imagine they would with Trevor Lawrence, because I think they would have won last night with Trevor Lawrence, um, then you, you know, I think you're a playoff team. Uh, you have to win out the rest of the way if you're Clemson. You'll be favored in all the games. You should. The only really challenge, I would imagine, will be that Notre Dame game. And I think uh, we could see a situation where both Clemson and Notre Dame now will be in the playoff this year. Distinct possibility indeed. All right. Um, we're we're going to produce live on the fly here on the Sunday Sprint. Because of the Sprint, we have to make decisions on the fly. It's the whole pro, uh, concept of our show. Um, Jets, Pats. Uh, I'm going to take a vote as to if we want to talk about this game. For me, I'm voting no. Then certainly I will vote no. Okay. Lions, Vikings today, uh, three and four versus two and five. Would you like to talk about this game? Uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Stafford is playing. I thought Stafford was going to miss the game, and I feel a lot more confident about the Vikings. 
the Vikings are, uh, I'll just say that this, that the Vikings are in a weird spot. You win today, which they're favored at home against Detroit. Now suddenly you're three and five and you're kind of in that purgatory where you're moving yourself away from a top 10 pick, but you're still, you know, probably not a playoff team. So as a Vikings fan, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle here. Uh, I think they're going to fool around, get too many wins, and, you know, finish like six and 10 or something with a, a 15th pick. So I, I don't know which way the season's going to go now. And I don't know which way I want it to go either. But, uh, that's really all I have to say about the Vikings. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Right. All right, so we move on to what I find is a fascinating football game uh, at 1 p.m. in the Fox Television Network. That's Seattle and Buffalo. And, and here's why I find this fascinating. West Coast teams traveling east, 1 p.m. starts, never ideal. You look at... This Seattle team rejuvenated on both sides of the football. Is the Jamal Adams move and other moves that they've made the right moves to create a more complete team? The return of a Legion of Boom type defense. Pete Carroll gets a five-year extension this morning, um, making him the richest coach over that period. I, I, I think if I read Adam Sheffer's uh, tweet quickly, correctly, and, and also will allow him to retire as a Seattle Seahawks coach. But I look at Buffalo as, okay, this is your opening. This is your huge opening. The Jets stink. The Pats stink. Miami, I think, is going to fall off, which we'll get to in a second. This is the opportunity to solidify your division. They have everything to play for today against Seattle. And Seattle's coming long distance. Even though I think Seattle's the better team, I think Buffalo squeaks this out. Yeah, it's interesting. I agree with most most of what you said. Um, you know, I know that the that the Vegas Sharps are on Buffalo today and think that maybe Seattle shouldn't be favored on the road. I think Seattle's the better team. Uh, maybe it's a tough spot for them. Russell Wilson, though, by the way, he's won ten straight games on the East Coast. East Coast is, uh, I mean, he's just uh, the Seahawks travel very well because of uh, the great quarterback that they have. Um, the Bills have not played well for the past month. Uh, Josh Allen has about as many turnovers as touchdowns the last four games. Now, he could get a break today with the Seattle defense, though, as you mentioned. You know, Jamal Adams coming back, Carlos Dunlap added to the fold. We'll see how uh, improved the Seahawks' defense is. But it is uh, an interesting matchup because you have two fairly similar teams in that they're both first-place teams. They both have mobile quarterbacks. Ideally, they like to run the football and play defense. And neither team's defense has been very good this year. Even Buffalo, you look at the Bills, last I checked, uh, they were not top 15 in really any category. So, you know, they're not doing anything great this year. Part of the, 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 their, um, their route to this record uh, may just be the, the teams that they've been able to play in a poor division. Uh, but the Bills have not played well for a month. And this is, a, I've said this before, these last couple of weeks, I mean, this is a spot for them to get right. I thought it was going to be against the Jets. They didn't look good. I thought it was going to be against the Patriots. They were lucky uh, Cam Newton fumbled in the red zone. And now you have Russell Wilson coming into town, which is the tougher of the last couple of matchups, and the Bills haven't played well. So this is another opportunity. I'm still waiting for the Bills to kind of come around and show me that they belong because for four straight weeks they've not looked good despite being in first place. And now you get Seattle coming in with uh, my MVP, Russell Wilson, playing a first-place team at home and an opportunity to, to do some damage against that defense. It's a tough spot for Seattle, but I think the Seahawks go in there, and I think they, they went. Uh, they've been very good on the East Coast, and I do think that they're playing better than the Bills. Yeah, but don't you think part of what makes 
the teams on the rise good as they eke one out in the end? Because I actually think that it's a compliment that the Bills won those games. The Jets game and the Pats game. Yeah, I mean, certainly you have to give them credit, of course, for winning, right? I mean, obviously it's better than the alternative, but we can't get too choosy. Like, well, they only won this way or they won ugly. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win the game. So, sure, you know, fair. They, they pulled out the game against the Jets. They, they only surrendered, but 10 points, even though their offense struggled. And then against the Patriots, uh, they were able to, to give the stop on Cam Newton there, you know, to, to secure the victory and played well enough to win the game. So certainly, but just in terms of the eye test, uh, I don't think the Bills have played very good football or haven't looked great the last four weeks or really dating back to week one. I remember talking about early in the season, back in September, uh, that my number one was con- concern was that they weren't playing a full 60 minutes, even in those wins early on. They didn't play great in the second half. And now you see these last couple of games, so I'm still kind of waiting for Buffalo to piece it all together and look like a team that would have a 6-2 and two record. Baltimore-Indianapolis is a battle of two teams with really good records, but Luke, I'm not sure that, that this is as good a game as it may seem like on paper because I think there's a gulf, a huge gulf, maybe as big as the Gulf of Mexico between Baltimore and Indianapolis. Baltimore is going to struggle against really good teams. Really, really, really good teams. Well, that's the way your schedule is. And when you play Pittsburgh twice, when you play Kansas City, you're going to have some losses. That's a compliment to your opposition, and it's a way to build for the end of the season. I think Baltimore is the much more complete team. Last week's game, or whatever it was, last week or the week before, against the Steelers is a perfect example of what we'll see in the AFC Championship game, potentially, or in a divisional round, depending on how things shake out. I think they trounce, trounce the Colts today. I have no belief in Indianapolis. Wow. So here's the opportunity for the Colts then, because I've been on the Colts bandwagon really since Frank Wright got there. Uh, you know, last year I thought they were just a quarterback away. Jacoby Brissett played terribly. Uh, I think they have a talented roster. Then this year you got Philip Rivers, and he's not playing great, but he's playing good enough. And outside of uh, one of the games early on, he hasn't been losing that game so far. Uh, the Colts, though, have a top 10 defense now. They're without Darius Leonard now, which is a big loss, one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that defense will look against Baltimore. Uh, but I do like this Colts team. Uh, I think they have the ability to run the football. They use three different guys in the backfield. Phillip Rivers, you know, you have that veteran quarterback now who can make enough plays. He's not great, but he's good enough. And the defense has been top 10 in the league. You get the Ravens at home, and they're coming off that, that tough game against Pittsburgh where, you know, they call it a Thursday game because you're still feeling the after effects until Thursday of the next week. Uh, so we'll see how Baltimore bounces back. But this is, that's why this is a big spot for the, uh, for the Colts to try to prove themselves to people like you. And even to me, I, I am a big, uh, Colts supporter, if you will. I do think this team is good, but I want to see it today. And I have concerns that maybe Baltimore is going to come in there off that loss against Pittsburgh, you know, upset, uh, and just run all over the Colts today without Darius Leonard and, and do their thing. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure which way this game is going to go. I would like to believe in the Colts, and I think the Colts could certainly win at home, if not keep it close. But this is another one, kind of like the Bills, where this is a, a show-me game. And if you're the Colts, you know, show me that you belong or that you are one of the better teams in the AFC because I think on paper they can be. Chicago, Tennessee. Can we finally say goodbye to Chicago? Is this the final week that I even mentioned them on this program? I hope so. Because I, I just think it's a mirage. I don't think they're very good. And Tennessee, I think, 
when you lay eggs like Tennessee um, has shown they have the opportunity to do, which is why I think this is a six-point line even to begin with, I think this is a game where you, where you fire up everybody from the top down and not fire as in uh, let go, but you fire up. And when you lose to the Bengals, uh, 31-10, to 10, and when you lose to the Steelers and you're off of a two-game losing streak, I think this is a game where they just come out and absolutely trounce their opponents, and I think adios to the Bears. Yeah, I think this is a, uh, you know, the fraud bowl for really each of these teams. I'm not sold on either the Titans or the Bears, and I think they're kind of the opposite of one another. I mean, the Bears have that good defense, but the offense is just terrible, uh, bottom five in the league. And the Titans have had a good performing offense, but their defense is bottom ten in the league. And they have the worst third down defense, the third worst red zone defense. So it's interesting. Uh, as these two match up today, it's like, well, what's going to give? Because you have good, you know, the strength against strength, weakness against weakness. Uh, but I don't buy either one of these teams. The Bears have been outscored this year, and yet somehow they're still uh, multiple games over 500. And the Titans uh, have not looked good the last two weeks, and four of their five wins have been by one score. Uh, their one impressive win was that blowout against the Bills when both teams are dealing with COVID-19. It was an unusual setup. So I don't buy either one of these teams. I think they have big weaknesses. I think they have overachieved. And so I'm curious today, you know, let's see which one kind of shows themselves. This is another, I know I've said it about every game, but this is another show me game. Uh, which one of these teams is going to step up and show me they can be for real? Because right now I don't buy either one of them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, how this turns out going forward. Um, and just how the Titans respond should be very interesting. Miami, Arizona. I'm bringing up this game just because of the Tua thing. Um, because I would have stayed with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Arizona's the better team. I've never been a believer in Miami. But Fitzmagic, you run Fitzmagic into the ground, and now you wonder, is this an audition? I'm, I'm confused by what the Dolphins are doing here. I don't like the decision if I'm a Miami fan. Um, they're six-point underdogs, and I think Tua struggles today, and, and I think they're going to have to, at some point, to get into the playoffs, put Fitzpatrick back as quarterback. does not make sense to me. Yeah, I never liked the move either, and I get it from like the Dolphins' front office perspective, and I can buy that Schefter report that this is like an audition. I think that makes a lot of sense, um, you know, almost like a Josh uh, Rosen thing, and then you go right back into the draft next year and get somebody else because it looks like we're going to have some good quarterback in this draft class. But if I'm a Dolphins player, you know, I don't get it. Uh, I, if I'm a Dolphins player, I may not be in Miami next year. Uh, I may not be in the league next year or whatever it may be. Maybe I've never been to the playoffs before. Like, I don't care about the future. The future may not even include me. And you have a team that's a game out of the out of first place, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was seventh in the league in QBR, and you pull him for this rookie, which is really just a move for the future. So, um yeah, I wouldn't like it as a Dolphins fan, Dolphins player, but as like a GM of the team, I understand where they're coming from. He did not look good last week, and they didn't ask him to do a lot, but you didn't get that wow moment. I mean, maybe his one touchdown pass, but there really wasn't a play that you that he flashed and you saw like, oh yeah, this kid, right? obviously it's his first start, he doesn't, they still have the training wheels on, but you could see the potential. I didn't really see any of that last week. He, he didn't do anything that impressed me. In fact, it was kind of the opposite. The first time he dropped back, he, he got strip-sacked, 
for holding the football uh, too long, where we see Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow come out and have immediate success. So I'm interested to see here now in start number two, if we get a little more from Tua, if they take the training wheels off, if they ask him to do more, because I think he's going to have to. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to play well. Now, uh, the Cardinals, on the flip side of this, a lot of the attention is going to be paid to Tua, but the way Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are playing, and part of it may be their easy schedule, I think they're the most underrated team in the league right now. I mean, if you win today, you're 6-2. and two. They have a top nine offense and defense. They have the most offensive yards in the league this year, even though uh, I believe they've already had their bye, so they've played one last game. And, um, and Kyler Murray is, uh, if you look at the, the stats, you know, he's ahead of a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of different passing statistics. He's playing well. Year two of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, we didn't think he would work. We had concerns about Kyler. Uh, this Cardinals team's playing really well. I think they get the win today. Uh, I think it could even be a blowout. I think they're favored by five. I would take them to cover. I have concerns about Tua, and uh, I am intrigued by this game, but I think the Cardinals win. Um, you know, you look at the Sunday night game, saints Bucks, and I think it's easy to fall into the trap sometimes, Luke, of going to the quarterback matchup and who, who the talent is around these people. I would argue that right now, where we still have a couple inter, in, injuries with the Saints, the Bucks are the more talented team. The Saints um, probably have the best coach-quarterback combination that's most in sync. If this is an NFC Championship preview... I think not, I, I, I think it's a coin flip, and I think 99 out of 100 of these games might go a different direction. I have no idea who wins tonight, so maybe it should just be a tie. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm going with the Buccaneers. I think the Bucs win tonight. I think the Buccaneers are in a, a person, I think they're in a much better spot right now than New Orleans. Uh, yeah, the New Orleans. And you take away, I mean, these two teams played each other in, in week one, uh, right? And if you take that game away and you look at what the Bucks have done each week, um, I think they have like the best point differential. You know, they've played really well outside of that first game. And Tom Brady's gotten better each week, and you can understand why in this new situation. Tampa Bay's got one of the best defenses in the league. I think it's uh, vastly underrated. And I have a lot of questions about New Orleans. I mean, I, I think Michael Thomas will be back, but let's see what, how he does. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara. Uh, you don't want to run him into the ground. Drew Brees, questions about his arm. Last week, he averaged to throw the football only five yards in the air per throw, which was the lowest in the league, um, you know, outdoors against Chicago. And that's going to be a concern come playoff time. So I just think the Buccaneers are more well-rounded. Now you had Antonio Brown. Now let's see how that goes. Um, but I think the Buccaneers are the better team. I think they win tonight. I think they continue to get better each week. And I think they're the best team in the NFC. Really? You think they are? Because... When it comes to playoff games, what it comes down to is cohesiveness and continuity and being able to um, get it done in crunch time, two-minute drills, four-minute offenses. I'm not sure it's there yet with the Bucks. I mean, yes, they have the pieces and they're talented and they've shown good things, but I would still trust Sean and Breeze and Michael Thomas and Kamara and Taysom Hill in crunch time more than I would the Bucks. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, when it comes to playoff time, though, as we've seen, the Saints have underwhelmed the last uh, three years now in a row, um, especially last year losing at home as a double-digit favorite. But I, 
think the Buccaneers will continue to get better each week. It's almost like the Clippers, though, where you bring in Kawhi Leonard, uh, that's your Tom Brady, and then you have guys in and out of the lineup all year for various issues, injuries and whatnot, and the Bucs have dealt with plenty of injuries this year. And, yeah, you, you just can't get on that same page and you can't gel. And we saw what happened when the Clippers tried to piece it all together in the playoffs. They just weren't a cohesive unit. So maybe there's some of that concern with the Bucs, but uh, I think they've... Uh, I think they have played well. They've looked good for the circumstances. I think they continue to get better each week. And I just think they have the best uh, probably all-around roster. And when you have Tom Brady, I trust Brady. It doesn't look good in Chicago in that two-minute drill. I think by the time it gets to the playoffs, I think it'll be, uh, you know, um, they'll be in lockstep. I trust Brady in the playoffs right now more than I trust uh, Drew Brees or the Saints with the way they've played these last couple of years. Wow. We rarely disagree vociferously, but I disagree vociferously here. <laughs> how it plays out. I do think the Buccaneers win tonight, though, get their, uh, get their revenge and continue to play well. Luke, uh, we are way over the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. Game of the day for me is this matchup between Seattle and Buffalo. Ooh, interesting. I like it. I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm going to go chalk with Sunday Night Football. It is TV's number one rated television show nine straight years wow and Al Chris and Michelle are ready to call it and Carrie's uh, ready to sing that's all I used to think nobody would be waiting for Sunday Night Football turns out everybody is exactly Um, what's your sleeper game today Mr. Morrow well I was going to say Dolphins Cardinals but we talked about it so good uh, you know nicely produced by you Um, so sleeper game I am going to say I'll say Panthers, Chiefs, uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back. I think, maybe I'm going to be way off. I'm taking the Panthers to cover, not win, but keep it under the 10 points. I think it will be a close competitive game. I think Dallas wins today against Pittsburgh. Wow. It's my sleeper game and my upset special at the exact same time. I think for some odd reason, the Steelers just lay a big egg and send... Jimmy and company off to Augusta in a good mood. Wow. Well, you know, this would be the game you'd look at. So this could be a trap game coming off that that uh, win against Baltimore and go up against the terrible Cowboys on the road. Maybe. Luke, uh, my game to watch the final round of the Vivint Houston Open during, and I know you know what Vivint is because we went through it on the radio on Wednesday, is Houston and Jacksonville. You could not ask me to pay money to see a one in six matchup both ways. Sorry. I agree with you. I couldn't even name uh, Jacksonville's quarterback. Um, <laughs> but to be different, I will go Monday Night Football with your Jets. Uh, brutal. We got to get these New York teams. I don't care about the big market. Get them out of these primetime games. Don't even schedule them in the offseason. Monday Night Football. I'll be watching uh, 24, something else. I don't know, whatever other shows are on. Live from the Masters on Golf Channel. Perfect. I'll be watching it. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Watch it. Gives you material to go with me uh, on Wednesday on the radio. Um, And your person or player to watch today? Uh, You know, I always go fairly obvious. We've already talked about it. I'll say both quarterbacks in the Dolphins-Cardinals game. I'm curious to see how Tua looks in game number two, but I think while the story will be surrounding Tua, Kevin Murray will actually be the real story in that game. 
Um, I saw a really dubious headline after the Thursday night game about Aaron Rodgers being the MVP this year. Um, I think the Chiefs absolutely light up the Panthers today behind Patrick Mahomes, and I think everybody realizes, no, Aaron Rodgers is not the MVP this year. No, he is not. I know he's put up better numbers so far compared to his other like best seasons. He's on a great pace, but he hasn't been the MVP. For me, Russell Wilson, uh, Pat Mahomes actually has been asked to do less this year. Russell Wilson's had to do so much, uh, but Mahomes certainly is playing well. Um, enjoy your football weekend, everybody. And we are not going to do a show Sunday morning next week because I'm going to be locked into the Masters. And as much as Luke probably wants to hear me during the Masters, that's just not going to happen. So sometime before Sunday morning, you will get Luke. Uh, sorry, you guys out there will get Luke and I doing a very entertaining. We don't quite know who's playing or not playing, but let's just have some fun talking about football podcasts. Are you ready for it? Can't wait. I know. We shall see you next week, everybody. Take care.